and morning to everyone on Zoom. Um, during a time of prayer yesterday, God showed me how over the last 21 months of constant COVID and lockdown and media hype and sickness and fear and riots and looting and all the stuff that we have endured for the last 21 months, we as people have begun to see life through lenses of fear and anxiety and stress and sickness and death and disaster and all things negative. What the narrative and everything that's happening out there in the world has begun to affect the way we see life. And our spiritual lenses, not these physical things, okay? <laughs> our spiritual lenses, the things that we perceive through the spirit, in the spirit, they look at our uh, <clears throat> we look at our circumstances have become colored by these things rather than by God's perspective. So God told me that we as a body of people, including our Zoom people and those who are going to be watching later, um, to, at, as an act of faith we need to remove these spiritual lenses and ask God to give us new spiritual lenses. Okay? Lenses that see hope and light and healing and provision and joy and kindness and love. That's what we're looking for. So together we are going to do a prophetic act. And I know it may be new for many of you, it may feel strange, but I would ask that you participate so that you can receive the benefits and the joy of, of what God is going to do for you. So Father God, we break off the power of the old lenses in, that the enemy has given us. In Jesus' name, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, today I acknowledge that I am seeing things through the wrong lenses. As an act of faith, I take off these lenses and, and give them to you. Now, as a prophetic act, take off your lenses and hand them to Jesus. Pray this with me. Father God, Please give me new lenses so that I can see my circumstances through your eyes. Please give me lenses of hope and light and peace and joy and compassion. A whole new way of seeing the world as you see it. Put out your hand to receive your lenses and now put them on. What do you see or sense? Just close your eyes. Just sense what God is giving you in replacement for what you gave him. Father, we thank you. 
for new lenses. Help us not to fall for the enemy's trick of giving us lenses that are colored by his evil ways. Help us to see through your lenses. Help us to hold on to these new lenses that you have given us. And Lord, if we aren't seeing clearly yet, I ask that you would clarify our vision so that we can see clearly what it is that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that you're going to be seeing everything through new eyes from today because God does not want us as the church to be living in fear. He wants us to be exercising our faith. We should be living a different way to the world. So my name is Lombangi. I am one of the ministry leaders here at church, the hosting team. Um, the people that you see welcoming you in, showing you where to sit, and just being friendly and nice to you. Uh, I'm part of that amazing team. Um, so we'd like to welcome you to church this morning. Also, people who are on Zoom, uh, we welcome you this morning. Um, we are so happy that you, the Lord has managed to provide for you with data so that you can join us. Um, so this morning, the first announcement... Announcement. Now I'm really going to the announcements. Please pay attention. Uh, so Lusanda and I will be going through the announcement for this morning. Our first announcement is on our services. So on, if you can see on the table on the screen, we are going to be having our online service on the 19th of December. So this means that today and next week will be our last live services. I will repeat that. So today and next week, today is the 5th, and next week the 12th will be our last live services. And then going forward, we are going to be having our online service. So on Sunday, please do not come to 154 Beckett Road, Zoom people, sorry. Please do not come to 154 Beckett Road because we'll be having our service online. And then on the 25th of December, which is Christmas Day, we are going to be having an online service as well. So you can join us online. If people are asking you for Christmas gifts, please ask for. You know what you need to ask for. Data. So that you can join us for our Christmas service. <laughs> and then on the 26th, which will be a Sunday, we are not going to be having a service. We are not going to be having a live or online service. So there is no service on the 26th of December. And then on the 31st of December, there will be worship and prayer. You know, when we're crossing over to 2022, it's a very exciting time. Ever since I started joining these, uh, I always look forward to the year. But anyways, Friday the 31st of December, we are going to be having worship and prayer. It will be online. We are not going to be meeting here at 154 Beckett Road. And then on the 2nd of January, now we're talking 2022, we are not going to be having a service. Our first service for 2022 will be live and online, and it will be happening on the 9th of January. I hope we are all derising these dates. Oh, these days we have technology, so you can just take a picture or a screenshot, whatever you call it. You can just do that. And then another exciting thing, which I am personally looking forward to, to 2022, 
we'll be having our time of prayer, uh, fasting, and consecration from the 10th to the 14th of January. That is an amazing time. You know, when I first um, heard about prayer and fasting, what I will do is I will just fast most of the time, which is starve myself and not, you know, actively pray. And I think that took away something from me until I got to understand that they go together. And once you do them together, there's actually power in that. That's how it's intended to be. It's prayer and fasting and consecration. So you set time aside um, for the Lord. So it's a very, very amazing time. Um, so we will be meeting, our meeting here at church on that week for corporate prayer. And uh, just, yeah, praying and breaking the fast together in that week on that last day. It's a very powerful time. You're just coming to the Lord and hearing from the Lord what the plans are for you for 2022. Because it's something else to just come and say, Lord, I'm bringing my plans. But remember, he knows everything. He has better plans for us. So if you can just join us, uh, more information will be sent. So the theme for next year's... Um, Fasting and pray, prayer and fasting time is abide, the power and beauty of God's word. That is a very powerful theme um, to look forward to. So everyone is invited. Doesn't matter where you're coming from, you are all invited. There are no limits here. Am I correct? There's no joining fee. You know, everything is just free, Jay. Amen. And then the following announcement. Um, you know, when... Sometimes we pray to God, and if not most of the time, and we are so surprised at how much he responds to our prayers and still going back to the thing of wanting to understand everything. So the next people that are going to come up, um, one of them is going to share a testimony. The reason why I'm saying that is, you know, we, we pray for things and God gives them to us. And when he gives them to us, we are like, oh, God. Is this, is this really it? And it is. So it's just an encouragement to everyone that God hears our prayers. God answers our prayers in his time because he knows that's a good time for us to have what we've been praying for. So it's just an encouragement. I just pray that you'll be encouraged with the testimony that Pastor Jenny and Kutle are going to share. Amen. So I'm not going to share the testimony so much. I'm going to just ask Gukle a couple of questions. So, um, whoops, Gukle, first of all, can you tell us how old are you? I'm 18 years old. Okay. And um, Clumelo just said uh, that, how, uh, spoke about how when we pray and we ask God, for things and and sometimes we're not looking for him answering um i want to ask you what is one of the things that you've prayed for god to bring about in your life that's that the testimony shows um so i've prayed uh to ask god to to share the word of god or to go out in communities and motivate young girls um and encourage young girls 
from like rural communities and stuff. So that's what I've always asked God to do. Okay, so Gukle, tell us, you got an amazing opportunity on Saturday. Uh, tell us what it was about. So on Friday, uh, the 3rd of December, I was asked by one of the United Nations leaders to be a guest speaker for World AIDS Day. And... <laughs> So, um, as a guest speaker, I was sharing on how, um, so it was celebrating World AIDS Day and just remembering the lives that were lost. And uh, it was mainly focused on young girls and young women and gender-based violence and stuff. And so I was there to um, represent South Africa, uh, South African youth, the youth from South Africa. <laughs> So um, I was sharing on how we can motivate and how we can find resources to help and encourage young girls or young women that are going through, who are HIV positive or who are going through gender-based violence or um, COVID-19. And yeah, so the, I was there to just um, share on how we can motivate just because of my past experience working with my mom, um, they asked me, since you've been in a community and you've seen how things are, how can we implement, how can we work, what should we do? So my sharing was on how we can motivate and encourage young girls to not give up even though they're HIV positive and to move forward and to know that the future is bright ahead. So um, I was <laughs> with I was the youngest speaker there, the only South African there. And um, yeah, it was really great with amongst um, doctors from different countries and friends of presidents and <laughs> from different countries. So it was quite a great opportunity. And, and all I can say is just this was God definitely because this was a prayer I don't know how many years ago. And I remember, I think it was Auntie Dawes when she prophesied that I see you one day in a government space or something. And <laughs> I felt it at that moment. When five minutes before I was about to talk, I felt it, um, just God's presence. And I remember I received a message from Auntie Dawza saying, um, God is smiling upon you. And that's when I just felt that Holy Spirit was there and the feedback I got from the people, from the doctors and stuff, was quite amazing. And only God. So can you just stretch your hands? I want to just pray for Gukle right now. Um, Father, we just thank you for your incredible favor on this young woman, Lord. Father, we thank you for you opening the door um, for these opportunities. And it's, and it's just you, Lord. 
It's just you. Gukle is not shouting her name out from the rooftops, but it's you who exalts, exalt us as we humbly ask you um, to use us to bring, bring your way and your will, Lord. And Father, we ask for increased opportunities. Lord, as, as Gukle humbly walks, uh, but has a passion to serve you and to be to be your your um, representative, that you would take her and use her in all the different spaces that you have already gone ahead of her uh, to open the door in. And Lord, you've said in your word that we will come before kings, um, and we thank you that we're seeing this in Gukle's life even now at 18, in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Yeah, what a testimony. Now I'm not even sure where, like what, what the last announcement and what the next announcement is. I'm just all over. I'm just thinking of, you know, our youth, that there's, there's hope for our youth, you know. God will, God will use, use people differently and, and in his way and in his time as well. He, he just knows what, what's good for us and, and the youth. And yeah, that's just a powerful testimony also for the next generations to come, you know. It's just so encouraging. You just want to talk and talk as well. But anyways, let me continue with what um, I'm here for. Um, our next announcement is on um, serving teams. So last week, ooh, so last, I think I should, this, is this mine? Okay, I need to check first. So this is the churches. So last week we had our Thanksgiving service uh, where we were, the church was honoring and just appreciating people who have been serving here at church. There are different serving ministries in case you're wondering and you're wanting to join for next year. You can do that after the service. You can chat to Pastor Jenny, um, myself. You can chat with Pastor Jacques and, yeah, the leaders here at church. So uh, last week we did not get the chance to present these two people who um, we were appreciating and honoring. So they are readily available. As you can see, people on Zoom, you are missing out, but I'm, I, I'm hoping that... Uh, you can see them. They are very nice, and you know when you have them. And hey, guys! So they are readily available. You can come and collect them after the service, um, so that you can you can have your pen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Jacques, Pastor Jenny, and and the staff team. These are really nice. You know, now I will just I have a cup at home. Now I have a pen. I'm not sure what else is coming. I have a bottle as well, uh, t-shirt as well. You know. Uh, you see, guys, you should join serving teams. If you want to serve after the service, go to the registration table. You'll get more info from there. Um, so I would like to call up Pastor Jenny. She's going to share a tithes and offering message for us. Um. I want to just read to you uh, from nine, Psalm 96, verse 8 to 10. And just as we are bringing our offerings to the Lord today, and our tithes, that it is so much a, a response to 
what God has done for us and who he is, even more who he is. He is worthy of of our praise, and as we bring our offerings and our tithes, it is part of our worship. And so um, Psalm 96, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Tell all the nations, The Lord reigns. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. He will judge all peoples fairly. And and as we bring our tithes and offerings, it's it's an act of worship. It is saying, God, you are worthy of all my substance. You are worthy to receive all of who I am. And, and as we bring our tithes, we bring the first 10% as a representation of all of who we are. And it's, it's just fitting uh, that we bring him of our substance. And it's, and it's put here, verse, um, verse 8, give to the Lord the glory he deserves. That as we give of our finances, give our finances to him. We are bringing him glory. And and verse 10, it says, tell all the nations the Lord reigns, that as we are giving to him, it's like in the spirit realm, uh, the, the nations, the kings, those that are in authority, and in the spirit realm, that we are declaring, the Lord is the Lord. The Lord is my Lord. And so as we give to him uh, our, our tithes, it is, it is a declaration in the spirit realm. And it's like us saying to, to the enemy, this, I belong to King Jesus. I am King Jesus's child. And he looks after me and you have no right to, uh, to take to to say that part of my finances belong to him the enemy and and so so let's do that today um, let's bring him glory let's lift him up he is such he is so so good and so can i ask with whatever means that you are bringing glory to the Lord today through your finances, whether it's through EFT, just hold up your phone, or if you have your fi- uh, have cash with you, um, we have a, a space in the door, a slot in the door for you to go and give it in a moment. Um, just hold it up and let us just declare the glory of the King uh, with our finances as we do uh, as as we. Um, give today. So Father God, we want to give to you the glory that you deserve. We bring our tithes and our offerings as we come into your courts, the place where we worship you. And so we say, Lord, we worship you in all your splendor. And we ask you to take our finances, take our time and our talents as well, and May they bring you the maximum amount of glory, Lord. Use these finances that we are giving now 
uh, to bring you glory, to serve you the best way. And Lord God, we ask that you would multiply them as well tenfold so that we can get, you can get ten times the glory uh, that would have maybe come if we just used it for ourselves. In Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. Good morning, folks. Welcome to church. I realize, I realize that uh, some folks aren't here. Uh, you may have heard that we're in the fourth wave. Can you believe a fourth wave? Goodness gracious, I must say. 21 months ago, I would have never, I wouldn't have believed if you told me. But um, uh, I really want to just encourage you. What Anne ministered, those lenses are so important. And, um, you know, there have been some encouragement, encouraging sort of um, reports that you may not have heard. And... And our hope is in God, but I also want to say, you know, some of the reports from medical people have also been encouraging to me. I heard an, uh, an interview with one of the doctors who, in Pretoria, Utwane, who was, um, who had a number of patients with this new Omicron variant. And she said not one of them needed hospitalization, not one of them required any oxygen, and many of them had actually recovered at home without requiring any medical intervention, which is very encouraging signs. Another report I heard yesterday was that even though um, infection rates of this new variant are quite high, um, that nobody has actually passed away from this new variant. So, um, I mean, they still, we, it's still new, we still need to test, but it seems like it, it, it is very easily, uh, uh, it's, it's very contagious, it, it passes on easily, but it's not very severe. It doesn't cause very severe sickness, which is, praise God for that. Um, and so I heard another medical person talking. They said, well, the bonus of that is that, you know, once you've, you've, you've recovered, your body does produce its own, um, basically, immunity. And that the consequence is going to ha happen is that many people are very quickly going to get immunity to, to this variant, and that, of course, down the road will help us. So anyway, it's, 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 it's things like that that I'm saying, okay, it's not all doom and gloom. I know there are a number of people, for example, who aren't here this morning because of officially fourth wave started this year in South Africa, and some people have comorbidities and just uh, have wanted to take precautions and therefore praise God for technology that we can have Zoom. So that's what's happening on this phone over here. So if we're aiming there, that's what's happening. We do record also and we will upload onto our various social media platforms, YouTube, SoundCloud, etc. afterwards uh, um, this afternoon. So, so that we do as well to try and just make sure everybody can be part of the service, enjoy the word. So Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your word, Lord. Lord, you, you, you say in, in, in Jeremiah that you watch over your word to perform it, Lord. Lord, you say in Isaiah that you send forth your word as rain from heaven that doesn't return. Lord, when you speak your word, when you send your word, you don't take it back. Lord, as rain falls one way from heaven, it falls down with the intention of watering the earth. Lord, I want to thank you for the anointing on your, on your word that would water our hearts, that would water our faith, Lord, that would, that would inspire hope, Lord. Lord, as, 
as children of God, Lord, we, we, are, we, we, we are anchored in hope and we are sources of hope. So, Lord, even as Anne ministered the, the, about the lenses, God, would you inspire hope in us as we look at your word this morning, as we feed on your word, Lord. You said that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God, I pray that people would hear, Lord, as we, as we bring your word, as we read your word, Lord, I pray that we would hear your word that comes from your mouth, Lord. Even though I'm the vessel that you are using this morning, Lord, I pray that people would hear you. That spirit to spirit, there would be communion as your word ignites hope, ignites faith in people's hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... The word I'm bringing this morning is, I've entitled this message, Who I Am in Christ. And it's on the screen there. Who I Am in Christ. And the subtitle is, The Consequences of Christmas. Okay, we're getting alliteration going there. The Consequences of Christmas. Now, I thought, you know what? It's not really Christmassy, is it? I suppose that should have been more read in there to have a Christmassy theme. But I want to submit to you that we would not... If it wasn't for Christmas, we wouldn't be having a message like this because Christ wouldn't have come. And I remember years ago, there was a book that was released, and the, the book's title was, What If Jesus Had Never Come? I.e., what happens if Christmas never happened, the original Christmas? You know, Christmas isn't just about, you know, presents and Christmas carols and, you know, decorations. Christmas is about Jesus, and we are experiencing the benefits and blessing of the first Christmas every day of our lives. And this book that I mentioned to you, they were looking at society, the impact of the gospel. The gospel is the good news about Jesus on society across the world. Do you know how many cultures have been transformed by the good news and the message of Jesus Christ. I'll give you one example. William Carey was a missionary to India in the 1800s. He fell called to India and he went there. And one of the things he discovered in this Indian culture was they had the practice of widow burning. I, uh, I, a, I forget the, the name for it. And so, I mean, that was, it was, I mean, I mentioned this to people today and it's like, are you for real? Like, a oh, come on, that can't be real. It shows you how much society has been transformed, that young people today can't even believe that it actually happened. I mean, the practice was that if your husband died, well, you got to go with him, you know? And so, you know, in India, they would make pile branches on top of the, 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 the dude, and, you know, they'd tie her on top of that. And I mean, it's mind-blowing. You can't get your head around it. Especially young people, they're like, don't talk to me like that. That was common practice in India when William Carey got there. As a Christian, yes, he wanted to preach the gospel, but he was like, guys, you can't do this. Today, you don't get it as far as I know. It's not happening in India anymore. We're very grateful, and young people can't even believe that was true. But I want to submit to you, it was William Carey's conviction of God and the concept of mercy and the concept of grace that he was like, you, you, this is not right. And he literally was able to transform that society that 
this in society, that, that a billion people that used to do this, they don't do it anymore. One example. Another example, we live in a, in a, in a country that the form of government is a constitutional democracy. Those two words, constitutional and democracy, are both found in the Bible. Do you know that the first recorded instance of democracy is when Moses' father-in-law came to him and said, Moses, you're going to burn out if you try and help these people and answer all their issues and help them with everything all by yourself. He said, tell the people to select leaders that can deal with these things. The concept of democracy, every other society in the world, and that is like what that was like, I think, 4,000, 6,000 years ago, was ruled by tyrannical kings or chiefs or chieftains that ruled by decree, and, and there was no choice. The people had no choices regarding who would lead them. Democracy is because of Jesus and the advancement of the gospel and people coming with the Bible and saying, hey, these are biblical principles on which we should live constitutional can i submit to you the whole concept of a constitution is that you have you have a, a a a legal document by which everybody in the nation subscribes to and lives according to folks that is biblical we are all under the word of god the pastor you know the worship leader everybody we all submit our lives according to the word of god it's a constitute the, the concept of constitution that there's a legal document we are all submitted to is thoroughly biblical now i'm mentioning to you in society can you imagine if south africa for example was ruled by a tyrannical king who ruled by decree who, who i mean it but that's what i mean not too long ago most societies across the world were ruled that way. That was the form of government in every society. Now, I'm saying that to you, and I'm saying you guys are going, oh, okay, move on. Um, I want to bring it personally. I've said the consequences of, uh, of Christmas, who I am in Christ, who I am in Christ. And so this is not constitutional democracy or, you know, widow burning in India. This is you and this is me. This is deeply personal. But I want to say this. If we get this personally, what Christ has done for you, it causes you to be a William Carey in whatever society you come into, where you see injustice and Christ inside of you cries out and says, for argument's sake, if you Google no, this is, this is not right. Young girls that are infected by HIV in rural communities, God has given me a heart for those people. I want to make a difference in those young girls that have been infected by HIV. I want to make a difference. Folks, that's Jesus inside of somebody. Does Jesus care about those particular people? Absolutely. And so Christ inside of a Guchle says and gives Guchle a strategy and, and, and plans and, and desires to actually make a difference. I don't know where God's got you. Maybe at your place of work, there is some injustice that you are seeing. Maybe there's, somebody's being unfairly treated for whatever reason. And I'm not saying, you know, you walk in there on Monday morning, guns blazing, you know, telling your boss exactly where to get off and how to get off and what to... 
but pray for a strategy and say, God, how can we bring justice? Maybe it is just that you can go and pray with that person, that they can, and, and maybe they're just being triggered by injustice that may be experienced in the past. Maybe it's not even a, a big thing, but you can go and minister God's compassion. You can say, I see how much that hurts you. Can I pray with you? That was not right. The way the person spoke to you last week, that was not right. And I, and, and I could see how much that hurt you. And I want to pray with you. I want to tell you, Jesus can heal that pain. And you could minister to that person at work and bring, bring Christmas into that person's life. Amen? Bring Jesus, bring justice, bring mercy into that person's life. And folks, that is bringing Christmas right into that person's life. It may mean more to them than any gift under, that, that they could get on a, on a Christmas morning. That gift of just being Jesus to somebody. So let's unpack this. So, um, so let's go to the first, uh, the, the next slide. So the first thing, and and I've got a number of points I'm going to make, but this is this is the banner that um that um the, these hang under. This is kind of the category of 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 who I am in Christ. Firstly. In Christ, I am accepted. I am accepted. Now, in the old days, when we used to sit next to each other, I would say, you know, tell the person next to you that you accepted. Remember those days? Now, it's like, shout across to the person on the other side of the room who's socially distanced from you and tell them, I am accepted, okay? I am accepted. What does that mean? It means that you are received or embraced with favor. I get the picture of, I just get the picture of the throne room. You know, and there are many people that, if you don't realize what Jesus done and the power of the cross and, 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 and the incredible way that Jesus has made, many people, they don't want to come into the presence of God. They don't want to, you know, entering the the, the the throne room of a king in days of old when kings ruled by, by decree was a fearful thing. And many people have that concept of God. And it's like, oh, you know, throne room. No, no, no. You know, One, I, I know One's, you know, got a hotline to have. One, will you please pray to God for me for X, Y, and Z? Folks, when you understand what Jesus done, that he's the mediator, he's, he's made a way. You don't need to go through One and say, One, pray for me. You go yourself to the throne room. And, and this concept of Christ I'm accepted means that he's longing for you to come into his presence. He, you don't need to, you know, require whoever, you know, Guchle or somebody else to pray for you. He's longing for your prayers. And he receives those prayers you're received. Picture you coming into the throne room. You kind of you put your big toe in the throne room, and you're just hoping that you know lightning doesn't strike your big toe as it uh, go, comes around the door. And and you look, and there's the father. And you look, and he's standing with arms wide open, saying, "Come, my son. Come, my daughter. Welcome. I've been longing for you to come into my presence." The this word, the phrase in Christ. It's. It's, it's, the word in in English is, is one of the smallest little words. But it is, it is one of the most profound words and concepts that there, there is in Scripture. In Christ. 
I'm, I'm going to unpack this morning and I'm, and I'm wanting to do more next week. Just a little bit of what it means to be in Christ. This acceptance is in Christ. And let's look at And so what I'm going to do, we're going to run through this. I'm going to read through the list and then I've got, and then we're going to unpack them. So, so we'll just go through the first two slides as I read them. So firstly, God says, and, the, and I've given the scriptures. I'm not going to quote the scriptures. I'm summarizing what that scripture says. And I have, I have got all the scriptures, um, but I'm not putting them all on the screen. It's just going to be too much. So firstly, God says that in Christ, I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord, and I am one spirit with Him. On the next slide. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. So, those are just, let me say, the tip of the iceberg of some of what you get when you are in Christ. When you surrender your life to Jesus and say, Lord, I believe in you, forgive me of my sin, I believe you died on the cross for me, I surrender my life to you. That simple prayer is the prayer that gets you in Christ. And all of this times 10,000 and 10,000 more is what we get in Christ. And I'm saying this because I'm saying this is, these are the consequences of Christmas. This is what Christmas gets us. So, you know, those presents you're going to get on Christmas morning is nothing compared to what we have in Christ. So let's go, go to the next slide. It's important. I've said over there, in Christ I'm accepted. You know, Anne prayed a very important prayer here. She prayed a prayer of taking off some lenses and putting on some lenses. Do you know, practically, it's very difficult to wear two sets of glasses at the same time. You know, they don't kind of fit. And if you had to do that, you know, different glasses have different magnification. You put the two together. It's just, it's just it, it doesn't work. You have to take one off to put another one on. And what I'm put up of here, I said, in Christ I'm accepted. It means uh, you are received or embraced with favor. And then I've put there, I therefore renounce the lie that I am rejected, the lie that I'm unloved or the lie that I'm shameful. Why am I putting that there? Folks, those lenses, some of us are sitting here and some of us have been wearing the lenses of rejection, the lenses of believing the lie that I'm unloved, the lens, the lens that believing that I'm shameful, and add on, I mean words, the, 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 the lens of guilt, the lens of condemnation, and just, I mean, fill in the words, that are all opposite to the reality that you are accepted. 
And so I'm sitting here, and some of you, I can put these amazing truths on the board, on the screen, but you're like, I can't even get my head around that because I'm wearing the lens that I am unloved. I have for years been wearing the lens that I'm rejected or, or that I'm shameful. And so you see it there with your eyes, but your heart, you can't see it. You can't perceive it. And so as I'm going into this, I want to ask you, folks, this is so important. If you cannot hear, if your heart cannot receive these truths that I'm putting there, it is, and you realize it. Folks, the moment you realize it, do you know that you've just exposed that the, you have been subject to a lie of the enemy in your life? That is a happy moment. Don't get condemned now. I'm not getting what the pastor is saying. Just realize, no, 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 no. The enemy has been working. There is a reason I can't get what's being said. That my heart isn't rejoicing. If the points that I put up there just now, which we're going to look at again, if your heart doesn't rejoice, if your heart doesn't, if hope and faith that doesn't embrace what's being said, then you know, I'm wearing lenses. I may be wearing lenses of rejection or uh, uh, the lens of being unloved or the lens of being shameful. That is awesome that you realize it. Now we can do warfare. Now we can do something about it. And you can pray a prayer of renunciation. Whoo, I love the prayer of renunciation. Do you also love the prayer of renunciation? What does renounce mean? It means I disagree with that thing. You don't have to use the word. You can just say, I disagree with the reality or the, 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 the feeling. And sometimes it's just a feeling. It's something you just feel that I'm rejected, that these truths don't apply to me, that I'm unloved or not worthy of love or that I'm not accepted or somehow, you know, I can't go into his presence. I can't come to the presence of the Father. Folks, we need to warfare around those things. And so... This is something we often do. We have a, our Sozo ministry, which is our inner healing ministry. And go to our website, get the info over there. We spend time with people identifying wrong lenses or lies that people are believing that prevents them from believing the truth. Amen. And so, I don't know if you need to pray a prayer of renouncing um, these things of rejection or being unloved or shameful. That's between you and the Lord. I want to bring the truth, but I'm just highlighting this. If for some reason your heart doesn't leap for joy when I bring the truth, maybe there's a lie in your heart. You know, I mentioned just an example of, you know, you, two people can experience the same, the same thing. I mean, let me just say as parents. Now, my kids have said, Dad, don't use examples of the kids. Whenever I use a parent-kid example, my kids just feel these eyes, you know, on them. And I'm, I'm not using an example of my kids at all. But I want to say this. As a parent, you know, you can respond to two kids about something they may have done. The same response to two kids. And one kid, like, is really, whatever, upset by what you said. And the other kid, it's like water, water on a duck's back. They don't get it at all. And I want to say, it's very often got to do with these things that you're wearing lenses. If you have the lens of rejection and somebody comes and, and says, hey, what did you do here? Whatever. And, and legitly trying to say, hey, this needs to be sorted out. The one kid is oh, having a meltdown because they've experienced rejection in their life. 
and the other person doesn't. It's lenses. And so, so I just want to put this up in front because, you know, sometimes I, I, I bring this stuff and I'm like, they didn't get it. What's wrong? Maybe you're wearing lenses. Maybe there's a prayer of renunciation that you may need to do. So let's go through it. The first one I want to put up there is the one we looked at, which where God says, I am God's child. The first one over there. I am God's child. Now, I have for years said that my greatest, my greatest title, I am a pastor, I function in that role. Some people call me a pastor, some people call me dad, some people call me son, i.e. my mother. <laughs> but my Father in Heaven calls me Son of God. And for me, that is still one of the greatest, the greatest titles, the greatest privileges of being a son of God. Being a child of God, the, the most significant thing is not necessarily being a child of God. I think that's huge, and I do think it's amazing. But it's the fact that that means that God is your father. Whoa means that God is your daddy. That is mind-blowing. For me, being a father, I've got four children, being a father has caused me to, to marvel at how much God loves me. Because I know how much I love my children. And I know the reality that I've got to take that love that I've, that I've felt, that I've seen, that I've experienced in my own heart for my children. I've got to take that and multiply it by 10,000. That's how much my Father in Heaven loves me. And I've just at times, I've just had tears coming down. I'm like, God, I don't know how you could love me more than I love my own children. It is amazing. And so, and so folks, this, this reality, you are accepted in Christ God says, you are his child. I mean, just right there, right there. I mean, if, if you only get that, let me tell you, you're going to have a good Christmas. Amen? I am God's child. We're going to finish off and we're actually going to stand and we're going to say these as declarations. We're going to speak this. And you're going to speak this into the spirit realm. And you're going to speak to tormenting spirits that have tried to lie to you that you are rejected or not accepted or unloved or unlovable or whatever, shameful. Or We're going to speak to the spirit realm on two levels. Yes, the enemy who's tried to lie to you and to me about these things. But you're going to speak to your own spirit. You're going to speak to your spirit. You are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You're a three-part being. Amen. Created in the image of God. And you're going to speak to that spirit created in the image of God. And you are going to say, Guchle, I am God's child. And you're going to say to Lysander, Lysander is going to speak to her spirit and say, Lysander, I am Christ's friend. And Zanele is going to speak to her spirit and say, I have been justified.
Let's unpack it a little bit more. I am Christ's friend. This is what Jesus said in John 15, verse 15. But he contrasts it with, he said, being servants and friends. You know what's amazing is that in Scripture, if you read the, what Peter the Apostle wrote, Jesus was, spoke to the apostles these words in John 15. Peter would have heard Jesus saying, I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. Peter would have heard that. But you know, if you read 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 3 Peter, Peter refers to himself as a servant. The Apostle Paul doesn't refer, he doesn't write his way and say, I am God's best friend. <laughs> Aren't I amazing? <laughs> you know? He, he doesn't, Paul the Apostle doesn't even call himself a servant. He says, I'm a bond slave. Do you know what a bond slave is? In those days, a bond slave was a slave who'd actually been set free who'd served a season with their master, but a bond slave would then say, I choose not to go free. I choose to be bonded to you for the rest of my life. I want to carry on in this position. I don't want to be free. That's a bond slave. That's what Paul says about his commitment to serving the Lord Jesus. And so Jesus says, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. I want to say being a friend of God should not result us in us becoming puffed up and arrogant and full of ourselves and want to tell everybody and you know tell other people off and think we know better no 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 it is a call to intimacy it is a call to intimacy and when 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 jesus said this he said i no no longer call you servants i call you friends he says because i've shared with you everything that my father has shared with you and you know, that's the difference. In a household, in a Roman household, where the master would have servants, a master would tell a servant to do something and give no reason why. He'll say, go there and do X, Y, and Z and give no reason. But you know when your friend comes, you know if your friend comes, you don't just tell your friend, hey, will you go there and do this and this. You, you would tell your friend, listen, you know, um, you know the neighbors over there, I lent them this bowl the other day, and they said they'd be, you know, whatever. Do you mind just going to fetch it? They, they, they'll know about, you know, I'll explain to my friend why they must do it. To a servant, it's just like, go get the bowl next door. from the. This is the deal, folks. The call to friendship is a call to intimacy. The call to intimacy is that he wants to share with you a lot more than you would imagine he wants to share with you. It's a call to, he wants to share his heart with you. He wants to share more with you than you imagine. The next point is, I've been justified. Now this is, this is a, a term that we don't use a lot in, in normal language, but in the Bible it's a big term. It literally means just as if you have not sinned just as if you have not sinned. That's what the cross does. That's what Jesus does. That's what the blood of Jesus, it's, it's, the Bible says, cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Remember a story of a guy, a pastor was walking with a lady, and, and he was trying to counsel her. She had been through a lot. Now, I heard the story, and to this day, I don't know what she had done, but she was really battling with 
serious condemnation about some sin in her life. And I, and I don't know what it is. And the pastor was trying to tell her, but if you come to God and you just ask Him to forgive you, He will totally forgive you. Because in Jesus, the way has been, the price has been paid for your sin. And this lady was really struggling. And apparently they were walking next to a, 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 a lake. And as they were walking along next to the lake, there were a whole lot of rocks and stones and things. And the pastor says, okay, okay. He says, yeah, you see this big rock over here? And he picked a nice rock that he thought she would be able to pick up. And he says, please, can we just do this? I want to show you something. So he says, yeah, can you pick up this rock? And he picked up the rock and gave it to her. And she's standing there like, oh, okay, what do I do with it? And he said, just hold on to it. And he went and he got a small little stone. And he says, you've got a rock, I've got a stone. He says, come, let's stand next to this lake. And he says, on the count of three, I want you to drop your rock into the lake. And she dropped his rock, her rock. And she says, and I'm also going to drop my rock. Boom. And he says, can you see your rock? She says, no. He says, can you see my stone? She says, no. He said, that's like the blood of Jesus. Your sin may have been big, maybe bigger than mine. Can you see your rock? No. Can you see my stone? No. The blood of Jesus cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Big sins, small sins, all sin. You know, we kind of get self-righteous and you think, yeah, you know, you know, I'm better than so-and-so. You know, I haven't sinned so much, you know. I haven't murdered as many people as she has, you know, with my words. Folks, it doesn't matter how big your rock is. You have been justified, just as if you haven't sinned. It's mind-blowing. Next one. I'm united with the Lord and I am one spirit with Him. I actually want to go to the next, uh, the next verse because they actually go together. Remember that's 1 Corinthians 6.17. On the next slide, the next one is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 and 20. These two verses from the same portion of Scripture, so let's read them together. I just want to cover them together. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. Now, this portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is talking about living a life of sexual immorality. And he's talking here about if you join your body and have sexual encounters with a prostitute. And he's talking here, and he uses this verse, he says, the two shall become one, referring to Genesis where God was talking about Adam and Eve and them coming together as husband and wife. And the Lord says the two shall become one. And here the apostle is writing and he says, hey, when that happens with a prostitute, there's a oneness that happens. But folks, he's not just talking about the flesh here because in those, these verses it says he's talking about a one in the spirit. You see, you're a three-part being. Remember I mentioned it. Even in things like sexual intercourse, it's not just a physical act. There is, there's, a, there's a joining in body, soul, and spirit. That's why we as Christians, where we believe we, 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 uh, we are spirit, soul, and body, we get married in a ceremony before not just people, and not just with a person we want to be married to, but before God, because we believe there's a, there's a joining of spirits um, the husband and the wife, there's a oneness that happens in body, soul, and spirit. Absolutely, it happens physically as well. 
And so, just as Paul the Apostle is comparing, when he's comparing relationship between Jesus and his church, he says it's like a husband and a wife. And here he's using, he's using sexual immorality as a guise. You have no idea what's happening in the spirit. It's not just physical, guys. Because the oneness that happens between us is, is, is much deeper than just a physical thing over here. But these promises of what, what our relationship, what we are in Christ, is what I want to highlight. And on, on, on the previous slide, it says, I'm united with the Lord and I'm one with Him in spirit. Here we, we're looking at, I've been bought with a price and I belong to God. This is what we get in Christ. This is the blessings of Christmas. You know, they say that the value of something is determined by its price. I mean, you go into the shop and I ask you, you know, how much is that loaf of bread? And you tell me 11 rand. You would say its value is 11 rand because that's the price. How valued, valuable are you knowing that the price that was paid for you was the life of the Son of God. Put a monetary term on the value of Jesus' life and what He did at the cross. Who wants to give me a value? Who of you can, can comprehend so many noughts at the end of that number? That speaks of your value. I'm a member of Christ's body. It's the next one. Folks, do you know that belonging is, is one of the greatest yearnings amongst people? Remember years ago, I was speaking to a young lady. She was in her 20s, and she was, she'd come back to the Lord. She grew up in a Christian family, and she told me what she did in high school. And when I heard the story of what she did in high school, my eyes went, what? You did that at high school? And all of you are thinking, what did she do at high school? I really want to know what on earth did she do at high school, Okay. She was at a high school in Port Elizabeth, and she felt rejected. She felt she didn't feel part of any group. You know, in high school, especially, you know, the sort of the junior grades, I mean, it's very clicky. There are groups all over, you know. She didn't fit in. She was desperate to fit, fit in into these groups or find a group where she could belong. And so what she did... She noticed that the, the group that seemed to really be the strongest and the strongest sense of belonging and uh, caring, etc., was actually a group of Muslim students. They were a minority group in this high school, and this was a good few years ago. And so she decided to become a Muslim. She didn't tell her parents this because her parents were Christians. They went to church. But she got a head cover and she found a nice Muslim name, and she rocked up at school, and she rocked up with a group of Muslim kids at school, and she told them that she's now got a Muslim name, and she put on a head cover, and when she went home, she put the head cover back in her bag and didn't show her mom the head cover. Every day in high school, she was a Muslim. She said to me, she never embraced Islam, she never prayed to, you know, or Allah, or anything like that. She did it for one reason, belonging. For one reason, belonging. She said, because, and this is always the case in any, in any society, 
minorities really stick together, minorities always care for one another, well, any persecuted group in, in essence, you know, and I, I'm not sure in that context if they were persecuted, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. But she found belonging and she took a radical step of actually embracing a whole new persona. But how many of us don't do that? I mean, there was a radical, radical external form. You know, she's wearing the head covering and everything to belong. But how many of us don't do that? To belong, we pretend we a certain way. You know, we, we try and be something we aren't. Folks, the Bible speaks that we're a member of the body of Christ because of what Jesus has done for us. Not because we're wearing a head covering, we're praying a certain way, we dress a certain way or anything. We belong. We belong. You know, our name, His people, speaks of belonging. God gave us this name, the name of our church, His people church. But it speaks of belonging. We belong to Him. Amen. And therefore we are connected to one another. The connection to one another happens because of our connection to, to Him. Amen. We belong. I want to speak this. We belong. I am a saint, a holy one. Now this one, oh my goodness. This one, you know how many people struggle to get their head around the fact that if you have surrendered your life to Christ, if you are in Christ, that you're a saint. It is a term that the scripture reference is given in Ephesians 1 verse 1. But you know what it, a saint means? It literally means that you are a holy one. Now it's a title that is used in the Catholic Church. You have to... Uh, it's an official designation to people who've been super spiritual and, 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 and super supernatural and, and there's all kinds of requirements. But in Bible times, I want to say biblically, if you've surrendered your life to Christ, if you have put your faith in Jesus alone for your salvation and believe He's cleansed you of your sins, you're a saint in every sense of the word. I... I I want to do is put this disclaimer. That does not mean that you have lost your capacity to sin. You still, we still have the flesh, which has an incredible capacity to sin. I'm not saying you're sitting here and just because you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you can't be mean and vindictive and, and, and nasty and, and revengeful and jealous and angry and I'm you can still and I can still by the way hey just 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 speak to my wife okay after 28 years of marriage she's seen some of that stuff but God sees us differently you know I was re I heard somebody say this it was Anne shared Anne shared in one of the groups and you shared that quote by Graham Cook Graham Cook said something like this he said if you speak to Christ inside of the person, Christ inside of the person comes out. Something like that, hey, Anne? It's such a good quote. And this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you and I'm saying, Saint Lucinda, arise. Saint Zanele, arise. I'm not saying you don't have capacity to really mess up big time. But I'm saying... Christ in you, the hope of glory. And um, I have been adopted as God's child. You know, 
we looked at earlier, I am God's child. But this thing of adoption, why I've got this in here? Because in the Roman household, in the Hebrew household, you can be a child as a two-year-old, but you don't have any, any inheritance has not been conferred on you, and you don't have rights in the family, for example, in the family business. But there would become a moment in time when you, when you enter manhood or womanhood that there would actually be an adoption ceremony where it's like, you've always been a child, but now I confer on you your inheritance as a son or daughter of this family and the rights of, of an heir to this family business, etc. And it, it, it's like it would be a step up in, in the sonship in the, in, 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 in the journey of being a son. And so when the Bible says you've been adopted, in, in, those, in those minds it, was, it would mean like, wow, I now have full rights in this family like an adult. It literally means that you can sit at the table with mom and dad and your opinion is weighted the same as, as the other big brothers and sisters around the table. I want to say this. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 verse 18. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. You know, as I'm reading these points, I don't know which of these points jump out at you. But you know, every time I pray through or declare this list, and, and this, I'm only giving you about a third of this list. We're going to carry on looking at it next week. But every time the Spirit of God highlights different aspects that He's saying, I want right now you to focus on this. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Folks, it's important for you to know, for example, that Christ dwells inside of you through the Holy Spirit. And so, for example, when you pray in the Spirit... When you pray in your heavenly language, when you pray in tongues, folks, that is your spirit being empowered by the Holy Spirit to pray, for example, prayers that are coming directly from your spirit man. You have those prayers are going directly to the throne of God. There is no, there's no, there's no other way. It's like the hotline to heaven. The Holy Spirit empowers us to, to access the throne directly. I've been forgiven of all my sins. Now, this is very similar to the, the previous point we have, have. But the previous point was I've been justified just as if I haven't sinned. But folks, every day we need to know reality that it's not just the sins in our past. But as we walk and we mess up and we get angry and we feel whatever, resentful, and as we recognize that and Holy Spirit convicts us and we approach God for forgiveness, forgiveness is given. I have been forgiven of all my sins. There isn't, remember the lady with the rock? There isn't a rock too big. And finally, I am complete in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 10. Being complete in Christ, I actually, I actually want to just uh, read that verse. I, I actually do have all the verses over here. I'm, I'm complete in Christ. Um, 
I just want to go, yeah, have it over here. I am complete in Christ. The, the, the Bible says in Colossians 2 verse 10, you have been given fullness in Christ. And that word fullness is the word you would use. For example, let me get my, my drinking bottle here. If I, if I filled this bottle right to the front and there was no air void in over there, I would use this word, I, 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 this bottle is full. That's the original word that it would be used. And any, if you have a bowl of, you have a salad bowl and the bowl is full to the, you would use that word. In Christ, you have been given fullness. Folks, this is, this is so important. I, I shared, I think it was the beginning of this year, the all-sufficiency of Christ. That if you are in Christ, you don't need anything else. Christ is enough. And, and I'm in the one translation, I don't think you get the, the, a word like this, but he spoke like this. He said, the enoughness of Christ. That Jesus is enough. It's not like you need Jesus and you need a little bit of you know, that medication that just, just helps you get through life and, you know, whatever else. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. I am complete. I am f have received the fullness of Christ. It's not like, you know, this is important for you to understand that, you know, because Clumello, you know, has been walking with God for so many years and because she can sing so beautifully, you know, she's got more of Christ than, you know, whoever you know, than, you know, Jenny or Zanele. Folks, when you, when, you, when you receive Christ, you receive all of Him. God doesn't hold back and say, well, you know, I'll give some year and some year and divide Christ. No, you get all of Him. Amen. I said we're going to finish and we're going to do a declaration. And so you're just going to have to go back, in, back one slide, Lucinda. Let's stand. Let's stand. And we're going to say these. We're going to say from God says. And folks, what is a declaration? A declaration is when you speak truth. And I, and, I, and I want you to realize you're speaking this to the spirit realm. If there have been lenses that you've been wearing that you've struggled to receive this, you're speaking to, 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 to the enemy who's lied to you regarding these things. But for some of you, it's just your spirit man has never actually believed this. You, you've never You've never got this. Your spirit man has never resounded with this. For some of you, you're speaking to your own spirit man. You know, I'm saying, Jacques, I am God's child. Okay, I won't mention my name. But, but in your spirit. So you know what, where you're speaking this to. Amen. So we're going to say it together, okay? Um, and I'll lead you. Let's go. One, two, three. God says, I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. And I am one spirit with Him. I have been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint, a holy one. I have been adopted as God's child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been forgiven of all my sins. I am complete in Christ. Lord Jesus, 
I set apart these saints, Lord. Every one of them who've surrendered their life to you, Lord. I set them apart. Lord, may we walk, may every one of us, may we walk as the saints of God that you call us, that you see us to be. I speak to the Christ inside of every one of us. And I say, arise, arise. And Lord, I just want to come against every and any of those negative lenses that prevent people from receiving this truth and walking in this truth in their lives. In Jesus' name, we just smash those lenses. We renounce those lies in Jesus' name, Lord. I say, walk in the fullness of Christ. Lord, we thank you for Christmas. We thank you for this, Lord, this richness that you've given us. Lord, this is the truth of Christmas, Lord, of what you have done for us. Lord, may we walk in it. May we walk in. May we minister it. May we bring it. May our identity be that of Christ, Lord. When people look at us, may they see that we're different. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Walk. Go in the fullness. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za. And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. To join us for in-person services, visit us at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.